Hello and welcome to the Beauty Inside Out podcast. Today we have an author of amazing book and it's a little bit of a story of her own that she's taken on to share with other people. And the book is called Live Epic and we're going to talk to her about what got Kristen Noto, the author of the book, to write this and share with others and be brave and inspirational. Because I think that is a big deal, really, to write a book and uh, share it with others. And hopefully this message gets out to everybody to really think about some of the things in your life. And I can't wait to introduce Kristen Noto. Welcome to the podcast, Beauty Inside Out. Thank you so much, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor. Thank you for having me. We've been planning this and it kind of didn't, it, it went, it was before the 4th of July. And so it was like too many things trying to go, but I'm just delighted to meet with you and meet you via Zoom and share your book. I've got the audio version, by the way. And I don't know how you choose the the people who narrate, but I love her voice. I don't know if you've ever got a book where you're like, <laughs> this, the sound of this person's voice is, I can't listen anymore, or I can only listen in small spurts, right? Right. And your book is, the audio version is great um, because I drive a lot and then I like to listen to a podcast or an audio book. So, um, so tell me, my first question to you is, you know, tell me a little bit about your background. Like, what was your life like before you wrote Live Epic? So um, right before I began putting the pen to paper, we, um, my husband and I and our, we have five children, we're living in Connecticut on the East Coast. And my husband had spent a lot of time working in California and then um, April of 2015, things changed in our lives. And we considered it, this might be a time to move to California. So our eldest daughter was a senior in college. And then we had a sophomore in high school. And then the, the younger kids were still in like lower school, like fourth and fifth grade. So we decided to move to California. So at, at this point, it's August of 2015. And I got all the kids set up in school. And suddenly, I, I didn't really think about it, but I had no friends and nothing to do. And I said, okay, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? And it was one of two things. I had just finished an EMT class in Connecticut. So I was a certified EMT, which I love to do, or somehow write this book. And so I had thought about writing a book, but it's an enormous undertaking. And I hadn't really had a perfect concept it was dull and it needed a lot of refining. So I had to do a lot more research and I had to come up with a vision so that I could then write the book to fill that vision. And and I'd say about, I don't know, maybe it was about a year later. So um, August of 2016, I said, all right, I'm gonna go the path of writing a book versus being an EMT. It was a little different in California. So, um, so and I, I don't want to interrupt you, but EMT, are you talking about emergency medical? Correct. Yeah. So emergency medical technician. Technician. And so what were you doing as an emergency medical technician? 
literally on an ambulance, just answering calls. Wow. So your background then is in medical. Did you go to school to be a nurse or you, that's, you know, give me some, some background. Yes. So I, um, I went to college and, um, graduated with a degree in psychology. So I've always been uh, incredibly in tune with mental health and wellness. Yes. Then, um, then I went to school to get a degree in nursing and um, that was what my biggest regret was not finishing that. Oh, and I told that's... that in the book. And so I've always then I did pharmaceutical sales. So I've always had a, a, a lot of mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So um, so I chose the path of writing a book, and I'm so glad I did. Wow! And you went as an emergency medical tech. You were like in the in the thick of it, where people were. It was an emergency, and people could have been dying or you're saving their life, right? Right, right. And I hate to say it, but have you put the two together about writing a book? Because you went from saving physically lives to potentially saving a mental life. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, 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 I've always been a person who wants peace and happiness for others. And so it kind of fills my helping others in different ways. And there's so many different ways. Um, this, I love the science part of medicine. And then I feel that the um, the psychology and the emotional well-being just needs a lot more attention and a lot more nurturing. It's yeah. a little more challenging, but so incredibly important. Yeah, I mean, tell that to, I mean, go to see any doctor and you will see um, a, a person that really knows their trade, but they don't know how to talk to a patient. So the two right. are so important together right Right. um you don't always get that but when you do definitely you know uh appreciate it so your story you were you know um you were an emt you had just moved to california and then became an emt and it was an inspiration for you to tell your story about being epic tell us what epic is so epic is uh it's actually an acronym for excellence personified in character epic also reflects like an epic poem yes the journey, i wanted to capture this journey of life yes and how there are trials and tribulations no matter what it's just built in it's a part of life and how we navigate through those and how we navigate the relationships with the people on our journey will define our legacy in the end. That will define who I am. Mm-hmm. So like, a, you know, in an epic poem, you've got the, the hero at the end who's kind of gone through a lot, but it was how they handled themselves that made them the hero. So yeah. that parallel. And then, you know, from my, my personal experience by growing in personal character and growing in these virtues, I had epic results. I was happier. I had better relationships. I had things were falling in my favor, job opportunities, different things just kept happening great. And so the quality of my life was elevated. So that yeah, would be like the third meaning. I think what you're saying, and it really is fundamental for everyone to understand, is that when you in when you learn to embrace you know, more of a, a growth mindset, 
if you embrace it and you're opening to learning and, you know, really kind of cultivating your relationships, nurturing them, that your gratitude, your perseverance, your wisdom, you know, your honesty, all of that really kind of, I hate to say payoff, that doesn't really sound right, but it's like it goes around, comes around. Right. A hundred percent. And so, and you know, you're doing the right thing. You're feeling good about it. And guess what? It comes back to you. Right. Boomerang back to you. And And it's contagious to other people. They see the way you handle the situation or you approach and feel it. And yeah. Yeah. And you got a toolkit really, because if you have the tools, which we don't all grow up with, let's face it, um, you know, we can navigate, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, getting in your car and punching in the direction. You can navigate your life better. You have the tools to deal with others, whether it's in traffic or at a work situation or family situation. And you're, you only, you only become more enriched, right? Because of it. And right. I, I totally get it because, of course, I've listened to the book. But, um, you know, it's it's I've always believed this. I can't say I've always, you know, uh, executed on it. But when I do, I I really feel like things are going right. You're right. you're just kind of living, you know, by, uh, you know, the the laws of of you know, success and nature, nature, right. It's just the, it's the way it goes. And so when you, when you started to write the book, what, what was your biggest inspiration? My biggest inspiration was um, to leave a playbook for my children. So originally I thought, let me get my idea. And I was working through how to like word it and how to, what my vision was. And I thought, well, I can self-publish five books and I will have given them a reference book on what I felt defined success in life. So it didn't have to be a certain income or a certain level of education. It was about the relationships in our lives. And when things would get tough for them, which it will, that maybe they could go back and say, let me invest in myself and and then things will will improve around me because like they are at the core of different situations in their lives. That is so awesome that, I mean, it's like most people just, you know, and I'm sure you do this with your children anyway, but to write a book and dedicate it to your children is what every mother really hopes to instill in their kids. Right. Um, And you're going to see this as I think you said your is your oldest in college. Uh, she's, she's, um, she's out of school now. Yeah. Yeah. She's a few years out. Yeah. And so when you hear some of their stories as young adults, right, you start to go, oh, wow. You know, impressive. I I always think it's the, um, the concept of the bow and arrow, right? You are as the, as the parent, you're the bow and your children are the arrow. And so you're always hoping that, they're better than you, you know, that they right. carry on. Yeah, <laughs> carry on. Right. So that's great. What For a sure. great answer. And so what inspired you to write the book? 
Well, um, it started with, you know, the five copies. And then um, as I started writing, really the epic mindset evolved as I was writing. So it took like a couple of years. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'd have these aha moments. And so as it became to come to fruition, I was like, this is something I could share with other people to be happy. Because again, it goes back to me wanting peace and happiness for everybody. Yes. And I um, started to use a phrase in my house, like have it, like have an epic day. I'm driving to school, be epic. And they kind of under, the kids understood that like be a good person and you'll be happy. That yes. was like, that was like the elementary version. And so, you know, I, I always love the phrase, um, keep calm and carry on. Yeah. And I thought if I could create a phrase that was easy to use, applicable every day, non-judgmental, kind of energizing, this, we, this could be bigger and we could help more people. And that's how it slowly began to evolve. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's, you always wish the very best, but what do you do in times where it's not, it doesn't turn out to be epic? How do you deal with that? What, I mean, we'll just take the example of dealing with your kids or dealing with your husband or a coworker. When it's not so great, how do you, you can't just go, look, we're just going to ignore this and just be epic. So what's a, what's the solution to that? Um, I think it would uh, individually based. Um, for example, one of my daughters, um, I think she was in sixth grade, uh, used my name to write my name on a little sign parent signature and got in trouble at school. So she was she was forging my name. And it was it was I don't even know why it was something like she I think didn't get it done in time. And so we came home and, and she came, of course, the school calls me right away. And I said, okay, well, thank you. You know, I, I am a person that believes in my parenting style is I let the kids make mistakes. Like, you know, I think that's much better than me preaching. Obviously, you know, not giant. I try to like guide for the giant ones. So she comes home and I was like, so the thing about signing my name is it's kind of illegal and you're okay. You don't have to worry about that, but it's just, it's just not honest. And so if you chose honesty, you may have gotten in trouble, I get it, but like when you don't, it's a chaos, you know, like life can get to be a mess. So we learned, so this is like, you know, have an epic moment and be humble and say, I'm sorry, I didn't get it done in time. Would have probably been a better outcome. And then we leave it, like, we would leave it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you that's know. the motivation for her, her to have written the note was like, I don't want to be, <clears throat> I don't want to be late. I don't want to get a speech. I don't want to deal with that. Right. In the long run, the lesson is, is you're better off to just be forthright and people really are less hard on you. Um, right. You know, I, I have to say when I listened to that part of the book, um, I had to laugh because uh, I've done that a few mm. times yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've been called out on it once. And that was humiliating. It is a hard call out, right? Yeah. It's and like, so oh. you're just like, yeah. okay, that wasn't one of my fi finest moments, yeah. but I blame it on my age at the time. Right. Right. Uh, 
um, because kids learn to navigate just, you know, they're navigating maybe the not so great way, you know, right. they're taking uh, a very long journey instead of the most direct journey, but that's okay. Like you said, they have to make mistakes to learn. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I think I see, you know, a broader answer to your question, like in everyday life is, um, you know, I just shoot for the North star and, and, there, there will be arguments and fresh, a lot of things I feel like now in my life is frustration. And it's like, you breathe deep and I'll say to myself, okay, you need to handle this. You need to be epic. And it doesn't mean off the charts epic. It means, you know, let's have some integrity, dial it back. You don't know what's happening in somebody else's life, you know, um, different things like that. But it just kind of keeps the compass going in the right direction. And it, it'll fluctuate. Yeah, you, you're... I like how you're using the term epic to kind of like stop like like we did when I was a kid, you know, stop, drop, and roll. If there's something right. I grew up in California, you could tell yeah. yes, exactly. something going on. But in your mind, you're like epic. Stop, think, how could this be better? What can I do? I can go, I can go left and it might be a disaster which a lot of us do because it's just a, sometimes a gut instinct, but you're stopping and pausing. And sometimes, you know, I've, uh, I like the whole close your eyes and picture the stop sign, a hexagon with red, white letters outlined in white. I mean, sometimes that really helps me to just take a breath. And think, oh, right. You know, right. Of, I love it foot through, you know, into mouth, you know, you're really thinking about not reacting. That's one of the things I will say that is good about getting older is that we kind mm -hmm. of can do that. You know, we've experienced we the negative aspects of, you know, going left and not, you know, um, not dealing with it. And then you learn and you kind of go directly to, um, right. it is honestly. So, um, so tell, tell, talk about the real catharsis for this, because I think it's really interesting, um, the relationship between you and your mother-in-law. Right. So, um, we had, um, and I love her deeply and I may not emphasize this enough in the book, but we became such best friends. She's like, she even said, you're the daughter that I never had. She has three sons and it just warmed my, I mean, it was an amazing journey and um, it started off great. And then it was literally just the snippet of time of planning the wedding where it just was tension filled. And um, instead of resolving little issues like head count or imitations or photographer all these details instead of resolving it they just kind of built upon one another and you know this was 32 years ago so there's no iPhones or you know there was no opportunity for us to repair because right after my husband and I got married we moved you know down to Savannah Georgia and the phone call it was like do you remember when phone calls was were once a week because they were long distance yes it was that and so yeah. We physically weren't together. There was, and I kind of think had we been, it would have been a different outcome. But, you know, I just thought once we got married, everything would be happy again. And it wasn't, it just piled on. And so that's where, you know, my journey began was trying to find that peace. 
And, um, you know, I went to church one day. I remember clear as day sitting there praying to God, like, fix this. Like, clearly it's not me. And uh, they came back. It's like, yeah, you need to, you need to straighten up. That's you. <laughs> and, and, and I I think I even may have like pushed back and said, wait, what? <laughs> like, I didn't even consider that. And that stuck with me. And then I was like, okay, if I'm a peacemaker, I've got to find the, find a way. Yeah. Good for you. That's amazing. That I, you know, uh, I would love to know how many people actually, and then they can comment on this podcast, how many people actually have done that in their lives because it's a really hard one. And when you're, you know, especially going through a wedding, it's a very stressful. And if you're mm. planning it yourself and you're trying to get a head count and someone's bringing, you know, their kids, all of their kids, or they're bringing, you know, or uncle Raymond didn't get invited. And, you know, all those things are emotional bombs, right? Mm -hmm. Truly. And you can easily get labeled as, you know, um, it, it sounds like witch, but it starts with a B and then you're put in a category and maybe that's kind of what happened. Right. And the wedding was over and now you're starting your life, but it was kind of like this politeness and it sounded like you really had so much fun together before. Yes light, you know, I'm going to be respectful relationship. So from what I understand about the book too, it didn't just, it wasn't just a, Hey, you know, I realized this, this, and this, um, and then you were forgiven and everything was normal. Right. It took time to, you know, to mend the relationship and tell me what was the process of, of that, you know, like the little things that, this might give our listeners, you know, kind of some tips on what is it that they can do to kind of heal a relationship. Right. The little things I started, you know, I I didn't have a back and this is before internet. This is before I can Google how to be a good person. And so the only thing I knew was just be nicer because I was at fault. Like I manipulated situations. I didn't tell the truth a lot because It was like a survival mode. Like I just needed to be right. And I, you know, I knew what I was doing was wrong. So I knew I had room for growth. So I think it really started off with being kind. Like, um, and you know, at that point we would see one another two or three times a year, find her favorite foods, go to, I knew what she liked. Little special touches to perhaps speak a love language of that I care. Yes. that I care, you're important to me, or different conversations I didn't have to fight through. I would just listen and, you know, whether I agreed or disagreed, I didn't have to banter back and forth. Yes. Um, and then um, then it was me outwardly calling to do something. Now I was gonna make the phone call first. Let me beat her to it, let me show her that I care. And every time I, I never once regretted doing any of the nice things, and they always made things a teeny bit better, little by little. Yeah. And then um, I became very honest. And I think she saw that. Like, please visit, but I have to work at this hour or whatever the scenario was. She saw that I was being very honest. So I don't, I think that took down the guard for both yes. of us. Yes. Yeah. Um, she and- saw, yeah, she saw that you're being genuinely authentic. 
correct. And I wanted to be because now I felt so good telling the truth. I didn't have to like have all this anxiety of like, oh my gosh, that lie is going to get into a rat's nest down the road. And, oh, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll, it'll be seen by everybody, you know? Yeah. Right. So that's amazing that you were, have the insight to do that and the desire to, to really fix it. You know, you did change your personality and you didn't have to read a thousand books to do it. You just had the motivation to have a happy family you know right and that was the and that was a big motivation so that's how you change things for the positive and that was a great yeah. example you know so how currently right now how do you how do you engage others in your daily life that are not kind honest and they're disrespectful because that i find can be a challenge and again that is that trigger that sometimes we want to just go boom and act out without really thinking about it. So I'm sure you still come in to, you know, moments in your life where you're um, maybe not being, you know, you're not being treated honestly, or you're being disrespected, or you're being, you know, just kind of blown off. So how do you deal with that now? Right. I think um, it's a good question. I think in terms of um, kindness or disrespectful is one category because I feel like that falls under virtue of charity. Um, honesty is a is another ball game altogether. But if if it's an unkind situation again, because I'm a peacemaker, like I usually try to do something to make that person happy. Whether crack a joke, that doesn't always work. But um, compliments. You know, if I'm, let's say I'm at a store and someone's just, you know, clearly says they're frustrated, like, could you, you know, huffing and puffing because I'm trying to rummage through my purse to get a bag. And I'm like, I'll just kind of let down the guard. Like, I am so sorry. Yeah. You know, I am so sorry. I've messed it up. I have the lines in back. Like, I try to see where I could be creating frustration for the other person. Now, some of the flagrant things, I kind of feel like, that's on them and that's not your problem that it, yes like there's something bigger that I can't you know I I can't in the moment fix um and you know I just try to be understanding I think the biggest thing is to understand there's a lot I don't know it doesn't make any poor treatment correct um which oftentimes I will just say let's talk later or we continue when the emotion settles because yeah, a lot so. of it is heated emotion, I feel. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the real intention behind my question there is if you're a pleaser and you want everything to just be okay and peaceful and non-argumentative, um, I wouldn't want somebody to sacrifice their beliefs in themselves or just take on that that projection of others mm -hmm. right so there's a finite way to deal with that that is uh still being honest to yourself and respectful to yourself instead of taking it on and saying oh i apologize to you when you know it's like you could it's not your it's not your weight to carry right so instead of just being apologetic to everybody there mm -hmm. is a way deal with it and it's just kind of diffusing the situation is what i'm hearing exactly yeah. exactly yeah. exactly 
So, yeah. So like if it's, you know, a stranger, you know, I try to be sensitive to what might be happening to them or, or frustration and, and honest, exactly. And, you know, I can't really fix it because I don't know them and nor can I fix a lot of other people, but in the more intimate relationships, like, you know, people in the family, I, I know so much more background. Um, and, you know, I want the individual to know that I want to hear them yes. and really understand what's going on and say, I, you know, if it is something I was doing wrong, I, you know, probably had no idea. Um, yeah. And now I know, and thank you, you know, and at, like, for example, someone snaps with, you know, a criticism. Sometimes I'm just like, well, thank you. You're right. Like I was doing that. Yeah. And you have to be humble to understand that, you know, I can do things that can, you know, translate yeah. also. Yeah. I've heard this too. It's interesting. I just remember a, a comment my sister made one day and we're very close. And I heard her say, you know, um, somebody called me out and said I was being passive aggressive. And I was like, I never, I didn't really ever think of my sister as passive aggressive. Um, but she, she realized that, oh, and she was really like non-defense, not defensive about it at all. She was just like, wow. And I thought, well, that's pretty, that's really cool of her that she realized that and didn't go the defensive mode because that's 99 times out of a hundred people. Right. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. And so it really gives you an empowering, you know, and oftentimes where people start to point the finger and blame you, I mean, there's different things that you can react to. You can be like, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize you felt that way without taking on the onus of that. Maybe it was nothing that you did, but there's just somebody that's boom, 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 you know, kind of attacking you. And it's like, you could always say, you know, um, what, like, I didn't understand you really felt that way about me. Um, you know, gosh, it's yeah. good, good to hear your feedback, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know. I had no idea. I mean, I think a lot of people don't have any idea if they're doing something that someone else is taking in and, you know, you may be offending them and had no idea. Yeah, I guess the point too that I really think is important is to not take it and say, okay, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, um, greedy or uh, nasty or, you know, snarky with you. I'm, I didn't realize that, you know, uh, I'm not trying to be that way. That's just my honest. Not, right. Know? That's not my but intention. Yes. I get it. I hear how your thoughts are, you know, I hear you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I remember going through counseling, um, not to get too personal, but it was in a relationship and it was, uh, so funny now in the after it was just listen to Kelly, just listen. And, uh, the other person was like, um, yeah, but blah, 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 blah. And it was like, they yeah. just didn't get it, you know, and I kept right. thinking, there's no listening. I wanted to take my shoe off and like throw it across the room, but it was like, yes, ah, I'm not, you know, it's frustrating. You know, it can be very frustrating, but you have to just, you know, take, take the high ground, you know, right. 
remember my, you know, parents saying that to me, take, be a bigger person, you know? Mm -hmm. So I good insight. I mean, I, I say the same thing, my kids, I'm like, just take the high road. Yeah. Take the high road. There's no downside, but when you don't, it's, there's, uh, you got it. You're going to have to work through some stuff when you don't. Yeah. And especially if you're okay, if you're okay and you realize that it's, something that you can work on, or maybe it's something that you didn't do, you can still take the high ground and just be like, you know, I know I'm going to take the high ground because I'm, I'm honest with myself here. Right. They don't think so. At least I can still take the high ground and maybe they'll see something. I mean, this is getting into the weeds, but I really like this idea because there's a solution to every problem. There is today's society right now. We're living through this. No, there's no solution. It's just this, this, this. And no matter what is being done, the leaders of our country and the, you know, a lot of the people are just like, it's this way or that way. There's Mm -hmm. no solutions, but we got to be a solution. And that if that is just a little part of your daily life, right. It's it's contagious. Like you said, it is little by little. And again, like I, I mean, there are many times, um, I was trying to think over the past two weeks where I have had to say, okay, be epic to myself. I'm like, how are you going to handle this situation? It was, you know, frustrating and be epic. And I always have known and feel that at least I shoot for the North star and like, to paraphrase you, it's like, just take the higher road. Like, it's just a safe, good place to end up. Or you said it. I don't get down, it, but like, that's where I want to be. And it pulls you out of some of these it does. moments. Yeah. The, you know, the real dichotomy or the metaphor, sorry, the metaphor is, is that when you say you can't go down from there, you really can't because you're taking a high road, you know? Right. So stay in that high road. Don't digress. Just keep keep moving on up. You know. Mm-hmm. Tell me what kind of feedback are you getting about the book? It, um, that it's great. I think um, I've really enjoyed having more personal relationships with some of the people that are I'm close with in my life that um, didn't know their perspective on different things um, at first. I had a lot of feedback about um, trying to help relationships. So um, a couple people with mother-in-law relationships, a couple uh, friend, girlfriends with pers- relationships with their partners and spouses. And um, I thought I found that very interesting. I didn't expect that, which was really nice because I think to me, they saw the value. Like if I, there is hope, there is a way to navigate difficult relationships or difficulties in relationships. It might not be the entire relationship. Um, and I found that very rewarding yeah. because it really helped me to see things differently. And, you know, I kind of was, have been open with the path that this mindset goes down and, um, you know, it's just been very enlightening. So I've had a, a lot of good energy. That's really great to hear. I never thought about that. I was actually thinking like, if you've gotten any letters from, you know, some of the readers of your book, but when you really think about it, you know, the people that know you are going to give you the really interesting feedback, because if they say, 
oh my gosh, Christian, I can't believe I used this. And uh, relationship with my son is so much better. You know, relationship with my coworker is so much better because there's a trust involved, you know, or there's a, you know, integrity involved. And, you know, that is, uh, you know, our morals run our life. Mm -hmm. They're, that's all we have. I mean, as our, um, our resume is, right. is to tell my own son that is your reputation is all you've got. Right. And if you burn a bridge somewhere, it will come back to haunt you. You mm -hmm. know, like years ago when we didn't have the internet, like you said, right. <laughs> people can look you up and figure everything out about you or maybe own image of you, right? So mm -hmm. um, what advice can you give someone that wants to change? I... Um... I would say to begin, like if I were to read this book and say, okay, where, where do I begin? One, one great way is if you just Google list of virtues, you see single-handedly two things. You, that'll say like charity, honesty, perseverance, um, humility. And then you'll see what are the vices, basically the opposite. So you'll see, hatred, anger, pride, dishonesty. And yeah. it makes you feel so uncomfortable when you see them and a lot of them are charts and there's lists of 70 virtues. And I just use seven that I work with a lot in my life. Yes. And when you, I would say after Googling this a list and you'll see a variety of Google images pop up, pick, there should be one virtue that strikes you as like, oh, I'm kind of good at that. And there'll be one that's like, Ugh. like for me the perseverance was like I just quit on a lots of things like I don't think people see me that as that way now because I've really grown and said as I said earlier let me just finish I may not get an A plus but it's important for me to finish and so um I felt like I was really good at loving but I learned like you know the virtue of charity like I can be I started with kindness with my mother I wasn't so kind so you kind of find what what you have success in and what you might need more work on. Um, the that would be the my first go to spot. I think if you have the book, if you read the back, the summaries at the end of each chapter, it's a snapshot of benefits and why the benefit of investing in your your personal character. Um, and then just to understand that this isn't like a hardcore gritty thing. It should slowly evolve in your everyday life, in our everyday lives. So there's no like, I'm gonna be like this by Friday. It's a journey. You're gonna have faced with different moments of trial and error. Um, and, you know, I guess if the a quick takeaway would be, immediate gratification would be to uh, embrace the virtue of charity and go do random acts of kindness this afternoon do something buy coffee for the person behind you in line or in starbucks you know you, you know you're waiting with your name grab the coffee for the person i mean it's just a simple example but immediately you'll feel happier you know helping someone with the groceries to the car yeah. just simple everyday things you yeah. know yeah and it's i find you especially lately i've been noticing it maybe because i've been listening to your book but um people are so starving 
for positive attention that I've, I have had such great conversations with like yesterday, I saw this guy when I was trying to just put my, my mail in the, in the mailbox and, and, um, we started talking and he's like, what's your name? And I said, Kelly. And he said, Oh, my name's Bob. Nice to meet you. It was that. And then like four other random conversations with strangers because I'm, I'm engaging more, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even consider myself an extrovert, but all those little things add up and you realize that you feel good when you're, you know, giving someone advice or maybe helping them out a little bit. It's, it's, you know, uh, not just to be, a not, there's something about giving of yourself, <laughs> of your character, of your, what you can give to, to, um, Truly. You know, there really is something that gives you more than ever giving to them. Exactly. I mean, in generosity is, you know, and it, you know what, maybe I don't have the extra $5 to do the coffee. So I can be generous with my time. Yes. Yes. I mean, there are times I sit in my driveway where, you know, I'm pulling in, I'm on the phone. It's a perfect opportunity to say, I got to go. I pulled in, but I say, no, I'm just going to listen because I'm in a conversation where I need to listen. Someone is struggling and they're dumping and I want that. I'm like, dump it. I call it dumping the debt. I go, dump it, get it out. It won't go past me or this car. And again, I never regret that. Everything else stayed on time in the house. The house didn't burn down. It'll be fine. Yeah, the being generous will be in all different ways, shapes, but immediately you feel better, truly. I love that. I just want to comment that I completely agree with you with the um, kind of perseverance because oftentimes it's not because I don't want to finish it. It's because I want to avoid the conflict, right? I don't have the tools to fix the conflict or I've been in a discussion that keeps repeating over and over again. And then I'm told uh, let it go, let it go. And so then I do let it go, you know, because I don't have the perseverance to keep, you know, going down the same road. And I think there's a balance between that, but I think a lot of us just kind of give up. We're yeah. like, conflict is too hard. You know, it doesn't have to be. It, is. it doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel good to you if you give up, because then it's like this, you know, you have we have all have a relationship with somebody that we know, and it's probably more common at work where we just tolerate, you know, right. <laughs> go along and tolerate them, you know, right. Um, we don't engage them because they get negative and maybe that's just a, you know, but just to say something cheery or change a subject is a better thing to do than just completely ignore people. So um, wh- I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite quote, Kristen? Uh, that my favorite and I use it most frequently is uh, take the harder right over the easier wrong. Yeah, <laughs> take the high road. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just sometimes people will ask, someone will say, well, what do I do? And I, you know, I'm like, well, what's the harder right over the easier wrong? And, you know, just kind of start with that. I mean, it doesn't mean life has to be hard, but the easier wrong just gets. Well, uh, you know, 
say if you don't address something, it keeps coming back to haunt you, right? And so exactly, uh, I think it's really sage advice. I love that quote. Thank you for sharing. Tell me, Kristen, what's next for you in the future? Um, right now, I am working on a, a new website and a new platform. So it'll be epic every day. And I want to do some blogging because I really want to hear from other people um, how the, the Epic Mindset has benefited them. And I have heard like some of the feedback earlier when he asked the book, it's feedback I've received on how they have used an Epic Mindset in their lives, which is, it's so exciting because people come back to me excited. You know, I, you know, I was more patient and I had every positive outcome as a result. Yeah. So, um, I'd like to hear more from other people. So I want to do more of a social media presence where I can share those stories and um, for, for everybody. Uh, I think now there are more book signings going on at bookstores. So I'd like to try to do some of those. And really long-term is I'd like to try to create a platform for elementary schools to oh, kind of embed this um this mindset and help teachers and help kids navigate through life yeah just the broad term refer back let's let's these are our rules of engagement let's be epic you know um again and understanding that it's a journey and we kind of have to figure out our ways but keep that as the north star it would be nice to have like a a curriculum of sorts i think that's a great Absolutely excellent idea. And, you know, there was a book out not long ago, everything I learned in life, I learned in kindergarten or so, it had something to do. Yes. With it. And it is yes. starting. I don't know if they still do these things, but I, yeah. I hope they do. It's, you know, kind of like the golden rule, you know, yeah. you went to others and, uh, you know, uh, play nicely in the sandbox and all those right. things. So, um, I would, we would love to support you in this journey. I am going to link all of your information down below and please all you listeners, give us some comments. We'd love to hear it and go get live Epic by Kristen Noto, N-O-T-O. And thank you so much for joining me today, Christian. This has just been an amazing experience. Um, and uh, I hope we've been able to to really share the, the good points and inspire people to really read this book because it is worth it. It's not a heavy read. It's a really light, very easy to apply these things. Great examples to apply. So thank you again so much, Kristen, for joining us today on Beauty. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking your time. And I've learned a lot sharing our time together. And uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you. That's great. Thanks so much.